The Smile High Morning Show with Danny Williams. Weekday mornings at 9. Baby, now I got the flow. Cause I know it from the start. Baby, when you broke my heart. That I had to call my game. And show you that I'm winning. It's an OT winner for Manson. Who the f*** is Manson? And the heat is on. All on a, let's see here, a post-hitting, tiger-teeing, role-play Wednesday edition of the program, G. Oh, my goodness gracious. Right. What it do, my baby? Who the f*** is that guy? <laughs> Dang, Avs. I'll take it. Got no problems with it. The Blues uh, are a perennial cup contender over the last handful of years. You could see it coming. You can see this one coming. Um, I mean, the, 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 the way that Avs, man, they kind of they dominated so much of the action. But the Blues have been there, know how to keep games close, know you know how to um, adjust to a style of play that will keep you in a game against the uh, you know one of the best teams in the NHL in a decade in, in the Avalanche right now. So give it up for the Blues, you know. Uh, but the Avs a little bit too much. T- you know, team of destiny, dynastic. <laughs> Type of stuff when you're now you go into OT and you're converting every overtime opportunity into a huge playoff win. That's big time stuff. Uh, that was the series for the Blues. That was their opportunity. When you get out shot 54 to 25 or whatever it was, um, that's like the dam with like little leaks, a couple more little leaks. Eventually, it's going to cave in. And game two, the Avs probably put it all over the Blues, to be honest with you. And it was a brilliant win for the Avalanche. Good stuff. I'll take it. Yeah. They it, hit the post how many times like early in that three, game? Three, four clank, times. It clank, clank, like. clank, clank. And, you know, that's why I say Jordan Bennington got a little bit lucky there. It could have been a big oh, win yeah. for the Avs if, if they could have just put it a couple inches to the inside. The Blues completely executed their game plan. To a T, right? Don't you think? They gave the Avs their best shot. I think everything went well. They scored the first goal. Ryan O'Reilly yep. came out hot. Took Kept that him one off the lead. board in the first was a, a very huge feat by the Blues. But then the Avs go get two in the second, and the game's over at that point. And you're thinking. You're thinking. But um, the Avs never got that third goal. The Blues continued to grind them. And even though the Avs were skating and, you know, they look good. Tons of shots on, on the net there. Uh, give it up to their goaltender. Uh, you can't stop a team like that for two games in a row like that. The Avs probably go have a five or six goal effort in game two whenever that is tomorrow night. 
Yeah, and I mean that's got to be a very demoralizing loss, you know. Oh yeah, going to overtime. You know it. You know, just to be able to force overtime, you think you you have that shot, and then Manson with the wrister from from deep. It was a it was a great sniper shot. Yeah, and that's got to take the wind out of your sails. A, a gut punch in every essence, and I don't see how St. Louis bounces back after giving the the Avs their best shot. I don't either, because when you play the Avs, maybe one in three games that you play them is a winnable game. You know, you know, maybe for a really good team, every other game would be a winnable game. The other game, the Avs are just going to find their way to five or six goals, uh, play great defense. This Manson guy was a uh, trade deadline deal. He was from the Ducks, and his contract will expire. But he made like a lot. He makes a lot of money, which the Avs didn't have to pay much of because they just grabbed him at the end of the year. And you know, you're playing for a poop team in the Ducks. You don't have a great season. You come to the Avs, oh, all of a sudden you're rejuvenated. And for a guy like that to pull that off, that's Dan Hynot type of who's like you know Clem, like the guys like the just Avs fan favorites, but like the end of you know the bench type of guys are going to come in like on the third and fourth line. This guy's a good player, actually. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not, Not me. me. Okay. So we will go to break. We'll come back. We will get on track here. We got so much stuff to talk about. That's um, a huge win for the Avalanche. You know, I think everybody thought it'd be a little bit easier. I had them three to one yesterday, right? I think everyone else in Denver media was like, probably like nine to one Avs. Touchdown uh, Avs. Probably like, I don't know. I'm just thinking here. I'm trying to be realistic, but probably like eight to zero Avs. With two hat tricks for Landy and and um, Nate, so good stuff. I'll take it. I ain't greedy. I said that yesterday. Unless I'm at the buffet, then I'm throwing down. Now I'm cracking crab legs for about two hours. You know, uh, sir, um, you've been here since lunchtime. Dinner is starting. Yeah, and? It said all you can eat. What do you, what do you want me to do? I'm still eating. You see me still slow down? Yes, sir. Your pockets are zi- lined with Ziploc bags. And you have prime rib falling out of your pockets, sir. And you have tots in your other pocket, like Napoleon Dynamite. Give me some tots, Napoleon. Get your own. Go. All right. Danny Williams. The hair, a.k.a. Jake Meyer. He runs the show. He runs the show. I run the show. That's what we said. Uh, back on the, the other, other side. side. It's Mally Sports. Oh, sweet. A little 21 pilot. A little glass elephant. A little milky chin. A little... Damn it, what is it? Wallows. Wallows. Are you sure I didn't say that? Uh, yeah. 303-831-1340 is the hotline, as well as the text line. It's both. Utilize it. We want to hear from you guys. Join the conversation. Thanks for being with us. We have a lot to talk about. Avalanche with a pretty special overtime win. I mean, again, it's in that sport. It's just like, you know, 
I, I guess what's cool about playoff hockey, especially in overtime, is that the goal that's coming is going to feel like a three-pointer from the corner, you know, down by three to tie or to win it or something dramatic and crazy, like a walk-off home run. That's the equivalent, okay? Once you just know it's coming. It's like bang, bang, bang. It's like, what happened? Ah. You know what I mean? It's hard to tell. It's hard to see. Yeah, it's so spectacular. So once you get into overtime, it's like a walk-off home run or hitting a buzzer beater. That's the only equivalent. And you know it's coming because the next goal wins. That's badass, Jake. It is badass. The anticipation builds and builds and builds. That does make hockey very special and unique. But like the guy was like, you know, I don't watch a lot of regular season hockey, but playoff hockey is the best of all the sports. You hear that guy? I'm like, what? What what is that? Doesn't that's who? You don't watch hockey, so how would you know? But I watch uh, Uh, playoff hockey. You just, I mean, like it's cool, you know. But it's, I don't know. I, I. it's great when it's your team, that's for sure. I wish I was a little bit more... I wish I could grown up with hockey, I think. And I, I think it, I feel you know a little bit different about it. I think that's the little bit of disconnect I have with the Rockies. You know, I played baseball when I was a kid. I was a Cub of Southwest Denver Little League, and I used to watch the Cubs on WGN. Um, when I was, you know, again, I was a young stallion like JJ in the, in the 80s. And I love the A's, and I love Will Clark and those Bay Area teams, and that—that's my connection to baseball, you know, Ray. Uh, but it's just different. Basketball and football, like I—I—they're I, I, deeper, built, built different. It is, it is, you know, it's deep inside of me, you know, and deep inside of you, you know that one. Oh yeah, you know you've only asked me to play it. Oh like really? A sure. Times. It goes deep inside of you. Third eye. There we go. Um, Tiger Woods. Let's talk about Tiger for a minute. PGA Championship. Phil Mickelson, you're honored as the reigning champion the entire week. It's like your week because the next year after you win the Masters. You get a pick for next year's Masters dinner with all the players, exactly down to the T to the ingredient, what you want on the menu. Remember when Fuzzy Zeller said that Tiger's going to have fried chicken and watermelon or whatever that was? Yeah. Fuzzy Zeller's comments made a once great and respected player's golf career what it is today. Out Out of business. (laughs) So... Yeah, man, this should have been Phil's week. A 50-year-old, a 50-year-old reigning major champion, okay, major championship winner should have been, it should have been a huge week for Phil. What a what a fall from grace, right? It's a huge fall from grace. I mean, all they did was kind of say words and be a jerk. In a span of a year. Tigers banging porn stars and driving his car off cliffs and taking drugs prescription drugs and now you know it's phil who's the bad guy duh and tiger's like man what a comeback for this guy 
Incredible. Remember, we thought he'd never play again. What a guy. We thought he'd never walk again. <laughs> and Phil is like, he's despicable. Get this fat slob out of my face. <laughs> He'll never win again. Uh, he's got moves. Good one, good one, good one. That's fine. Uh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, but yeah, so Tiger, uh, who wins that tournament? And does Tiger... Um, Make the cut. Oh, uh, hey. I think Tiger does make the cut. How it's weird. It's like I feel like I was about to say, no, nah, Tiger doesn't make the cut. I kind of don't think he makes the cut. Really? The Masters is like a home course. Every turn and crack and crevice. And I, I know I could hit into a spot over here where another guy would never know that because Tiger does things and has done things that other guys kind of can't do the experience. Factor. Tiger wins this whole thing. What are you talking? No, I'm just kidding. That'd be sweet. I wish, but uh, I I think he does make the cut. But if I had to pick a winner, I mean, Scotty Scheffler is on fire right now. Damn. But you know, also, Jordan Spieth is, uh, is looking no, pretty I'll never good. Pick no, nah. He did you dirty? No, he just won't win a major again. Mm. His career is over. over. He can't make a two putt. I mean, a two footer for birdie. He's like. Justin Thomas, maybe? Uh, uh, give me John Rahm. John wait, Rahm. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Listen. Who's it going to be right now? John Rahm. John Rahm? John Rahm. Give me a second. Okay. I'm going to run a few numbers here just based off last uh, yeah, couple, couple of different formulas based off uh, finishes, uh, swing velocity, uh, putting ratio, um, two green per hits. Uh, rate, uh, uh, squared. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Who wins this tournament? I got to look at all my choices before I just make one hasty one. And I think I'm going to be going with. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got this. You ready? Of course. I'm on pins and needles waiting. Rory. Oh, Rory's what? back with this. He looked great at the end of the Masters. We're back. And this is a, re a resurgence for Rory. Goes on to win a couple more majors, maybe even another one this year. Where's this uh, PGA Championship? I would say at? Oklahoma, but that's not, I have no clue. That's just a, if we hit this, Off the top. we're something. Where's the PGA Championship held this year? I don't feel good about it. The PGA Championship will be held between tomorrow and Sunday at Southern Hills Course 1. Southern Hills. Where's Southern Hills? Here's what I found. Where's Southern Hills Golf Course? Okay, here's what I found. <laughs> it gave me Aurora Hills and Meadow Hills and Cherry oh, Hills. Oh, wow. I mean, they're hills. Okay, damn it. Hold on. Southern Hills. Hills. Okay. No, not Southern Hills Mall. It's not must not be that very popular, of course, because it's not coming up as quick as we would have. Let's recognize one of the top hundred courses in the world. Okay, let's see here. Things to know. Nine things to know about Southern Hills Country Club. Uh, Southern Hills Country Club is located in. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey! 
Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, mind. Thank you, brain. Oklahoma. I can't believe you got that. I know. Me either. But then again, quite frankly, nobody, nobody does, does it better. better. It's no slogans, guys. Just great radio. We'll do this on the other side. Nine things to know about Southern Hills. Okay? Wow. Ooh, look at this. <gasps> Very interesting. And I'll tell you guys all about it on the other side. 303-31-1340 hotline and text line. I'm at Tweet Standing on Twitter. Jake at Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter as well. Thanks for being with us. My Life Sports. Back in 303-831-1340, the hotline and the text line. Let's do a hunt. Okay. Looking here at the Twitter followers per each NFL team. Okay. Tell me the five teams with the most Twitter followers without cheating. 303-831-1340, hotline or text line. Maybe we'll throw 25 to Hooters at them. Allah and in honor of Irvin Joe. The late great. Joe's still kicking. Kicking wing. Um, kicking wing. <laughs> who do you think is on the bottom of this list? Probably like the Lions or the Jaguars. Give me one or the other. Give me the Jaguars. Final answer? Final answer, Jaguars. Nailed it. 760,000. That's embarrassing. Very. Guess who's next? The, the Lions. No. The Texans. No. What? The Texans, te Houston's one of the like five biggest cities in America. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Give me another couple guesses. Let's see. So it's not Detroit, not Houston. Chargers. Great work. Third from the bottom. But you'll never guess who's in between the Chargers and the Jaguars. But I'll give you three seconds to just name any team. Titans. Jake, you've done it again! Yeah. Good get! See, my clue is just enough without telling you. That didn't like help you at all, but it no. did slightly. It did to help you. I was think. like, never? yeah, yes. Oh, Titans, man. Jaguars, seven hundred sixty thousand. Ten. Uh, the Titans just barely under a million. Chargers just barely over a million. Cardinals barely over a million as well. Uh, Dolphins, one point two. Rams, L.A. Rams, one point one. But essentially, they're like a reboot of a brand. They're not the St. Louis Rams. You know, no one from St. Louis, luckily, you know, like Andrew wants to cry about it still every single day that they left. So, Stan Kroenke. I'm wondering who you guys think are the top. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. We'll go top six. Okay, we'll go top six. In the meantime, we got a couple texts from our guy, Dirty Mike and the Boys. Well, what'd they say? Uh, they say Kyler Murray went to Fatty Bikes and they didn't have a bike frame small enough for him. That's pretty funny. <laughs> He's just a little guy. They had to get Kyler a Fatty Bike where it's one of those bikes that's just a uh, uh, um, glider. <laughs> There's no pedals on it. You just got to like, it's to learn balance. You know, and you really just kind of kick with your legs. Man, but he continues to say it's so unfair to say Tiger was banging porn stars and not mention the cocktail waitresses, flight attendants, models, and other housewives. Don't sell the big cat short. He's right. He's right about that. My bad. Um, 
Okay. Uh, so, did you see the Miami Heat last night? I did. Jimmy Buckets was a walking bucket last night. The third quarter was just the most epic third quarter for the Heat, for them to have not only taken the lead back. The Celtics kind of controlled the tempo, the pace, the energy. Uh, Jason Tatum was great in the first half. Second half, complete, just a light switch. You turn me on like a light switch. And it just changed. Literally everything immediately had changed. And it was pretty sweet. Right when the third quarter started, they went on a 22-2 run, that was that being the Miami Heat, and they did not look back after that. They gave the Celtics a little bit of a shot there at the end. Uh, there really it was just like a time thing. Don't turn ball over. You know, um, wine clock out uh, down to, you know, making full possessions and you will win this game. And the Boston, you know, was never really in it in the second half. The score was kind of a lie at the end. They were really handled. They were handled. Yeah, the second half, it was literally, like you said, a tale of two halves. Yeah. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. You call the Ghostbusters and you're in control. But defensively, that game was, you know, very fun to watch. A lot of blocks, a lot of steals. I don't know if it was due to maybe sloppy play on the offense or just tenacious defense, and I'm going to go with the latter. I think these two teams being the number one and number two defensive teams in the entire NBA had a lot to do with that. And Jimmy Butler with not only a huge offensive scoring output with 41 points, but also getting four steals and three blocks, man, he is unreal right now. He is Jimmy Butler, uh, the the prototype that you want. Okay, I'm going to swing back to something. I told you there's nine things to know about Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? There you go. Let me give you some of these facts. Tiger Woods has been both mortal and unbeatable at this course, Okay. In 2001, Woods was 26 and the winner of four consecutive major championships. That run ended at Southern Hills. He double bogeyed his ninth and was turned out, uh, what turned out to be his final hole on that day, uh, thanks to torrential, torrential rain? Torrential, right? Yeah. That's what I meant to sure. say. Although he had not played a PGA Tour event in an overpar score of 70 hole, 72 holes since July of 1999. He was three over on nine holes, so like for two straight years. That was like Tiger in his prime prime. Um, okay, six years later, uh, in the 2007 PGA Championship, Tiger opened with a modest one over 71. Um... Let's see here. He was now 12 over in nine competitive rounds at Southern Hills dating back to the 1996 PG or Tour Championship, but had a second round 63. Tiger had a 63 that changed everything, and he could have had uh, a 62, but he missed the 18-foot birdie that rimmed out. Uh, Tiger called the round a 62 and a half. Okay, so did Tiger go on to win that? Yeah, he. Uh, let's see here. He. I mean, if he didn't win that tournament, somebody had to play 
you know, beyond the beyond Tiger. I mean, that's that's insane. Uh, below a sixty-two. Yeah, Tiger shot sixty-nine, sixty-nine the same weekend for an eight under, and beat Woody Austin by two strokes. Impressive. Yeah. No wonder Tiger's tuned up and thinks he could win this thing. Okay. Um. So the guy who designed this golf course, Perry Maxwell, he was vice president of a bank. He decided to design a golf course on his dairy farm. Okay. He became known as the father of Oklahoma golf. Father to a murdered son. He was the father to a murdered golfer. Son. Husband to a murdered wife golfer. And he will have his vengeance in this lifetime or the next. Highness. That wasn't as good of a one as some of the other stuff I got. Wait till till you guys hear the other stuff. It's way better than this. It's not that good of stuff. Let's see here. Um. Ooh, what about the player who played under a death threat while leading the U.S. Open? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you all about it. Ninety-eight point one FM, one hundred seven point five HD three. Watch us at MileHighSports.com. Lots of ways to get involved with the show. It's Mile High Sports. The Smile High Morning Show with Danny Williams. Weekday mornings at 9. Back in. It's a Role Play Wednesday edition of the program. 303-831-1340 is the hotline as well as the text line. Had to drag in some new blood. Um, Added to the Mile High Sports team, Cody Rorick. Right? Did I say it right? Rourke. 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 I'm saying too much A in it. It's (laughs) just Rourke. Yep. Irish. Goal on iron. Ah, useful, yeah. useful. Okay, I do the fight for free. No, that's from that. You remember the movie? Okay, so Cody, welcome to the Mile High Sports team. Thank you so much. Super excited to be here. Uh, obviously, with everybody, it's been great to meet everybody. Yeah. Um, and kind of be boots on the ground and see what everybody's working on mm-hmm. and how I can come in and and help. You know, so hey, it's a uh, it's exciting times right now. No, I mean you're, man, you do hard work for the Broncos. You have for a long time. Um, you know, I, you're a social media star. But also, like you're, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's a two-part entity. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, what do you, what do you bring there? And then, like, what's the real work like? So yeah. you kind of got all that kind of stuff, man. But um, I, we were wanting to have you on the show, but as you were announced, I saw like four times Eric Goodman right away. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like I thought we'd give you a little bit of breath here, and this was a perfect time to kind of drag you in here and talk about um, how you got here a little bit. Yeah, and then we'll talk about. Um, I mean, the Broncos and the expectations this season. I took a little screenshot of, uh, it was like a panel of four on, it might have been NFL primetime, I'm not sure who it was. And it was like, who's going to win the division? And it said, Chargers, Chiefs, Chargers, Chiefs. And I was like, oh, sweet. I love that. Please yeah. don't everybody you know, pick the Broncos. <laughs> Please don't. So um, what were you doing before? How'd you get here? Mm. Who are you for guys who don't know you? And then we'll get into some other stuff. Yeah, you know, don't long, be bashful. Long story short, you know, for me, I was playing football uh, in 2015. I was playing for a developmental league, and we, you know, we'd feed into the AFL. Yeah, I tore my ACL playing, 
And so for me, like football and sports, that was my that was my entire thing. That was mm-hmm. I didn't have no other job besides football. Yeah. Uh, so when that ended, I had to adjust and figure out like what am I going to do. So one thing I did during physical therapy, which you know this may sound cliche, but all I listened to was sports talk radio. Yeah. During my physical therapy and rehabilitation, and from that point forward, you know, I reached so out. So Mac pumped you up, or like who was <laughs> it? Who who in particular were the guys that you? you, I, you know, I, like? I actually listened to a lot of my old good friend Scott Hastings. Scott Hastings okay. been a, a pretty solid mentor for me. Vic Lombardi, obviously, a lot of love for Vic. Vic's been well, one of those guys I love I've Vic, listened to. You know, but then uh, you know, from that point forward, I reached out to a former Bronco who was a good friend of mine, Nick Ferguson. You know, he works over mm-hmm. uh, over there. But, uh, you know, for him, he, he and I did a podcast. We just talked about his experience as a player, and this was during a time when Concussion, the movie, came out. So it was a mm-hmm. big topic right now. Tell the truth. Yes, tell the truth. Right. That was a great great Will Smith line right there, too. But, like, that whole journey right there, I was like, okay, hey, you know, I like talking. I like talking sports. Yeah. But I like breaking it down because I was also coaching football at the time, too. So I wasn't completely taken away from it. So for me, the way that I view the game of football is through the lens as a former player, mm-hmm. As a coach, I've been on the football. You got a little Vance Joseph right now. You're <laughs> pumping me up with it's your, you know, Vance. <laughs> you got any? We had a great uh, practice. You got here, here, here's what you sounded like for me. Just that I'm a winner. Oh, give me one I more. Get the NFL. I get the NFL. I'm liking that <laughs> because at that time he had pumped our nads up, man, and we we're like, damn, this guy's got it because that question was from Arnie, and they asked um, uh, Arnie. Uh, Arnie Stapleton, Associated Press. Uh, um, hey, Vance, uh, during these meetings, you know, what did you do to separate yourself? What did you tell you know, John and the brass to separate yourself from these other good candidates? Because Vance wasn't the front runner at all. And he goes, just that I'm a winner. And people are like, woo, damn. <laughs> just that and then he goes, I get the NFL. And people are like, whoop, okay, I'm hooked. I'm in. I yeah. mean, so, uh, you know, he didn't quite live up to that. And he was a little bit too much talking coaches, you know, yeah. players coach. But that pump up you're doing right now is making me feel like, hey, you're just that you're a winner. You know, it's like Brock Olivo, 22 Janos. You know, that's, that's right. A, that's the thing. I wish no we had doubt about it. Of them. But, you know, I'm very fortunate to be where I am. So, so more recently, I, I spent time working with Pro Football Network. Um, I was running a lot of their video stuff, being their video host, uh, going to Los Angeles Radio Row, interviewing Chad Ochocinco, Justin Herbert, Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Noel Fant, uh, just being able to interview a lot of people. And so covering hey, the NFL was All-time Broncos great Shelby Harris? <laughs> wow. Did you see you know, him? He's, he was butthurt that he didn't get. Nine, they gave 96 to, who's the rookie they gave 96 to? Yoma Uazurike. There we go. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Shelby Harris, bro. Chris Harris, an all, a real true all-time Broncos great. His 25 was given away, you know, on his exit. It's just what it is. So that was funny. And I like Shelby Harris. Shelby's a good dude. Shelby's is a, a good dude. dude. I just thought it was kind of funny. You got to be, be you have, to have more self-awareness, though. It's almost, bro. Yeah, I can see it from his perspective, too. You know, it's like, I don't think he expects, like, hey, retire 96. But I think for him, it's like, hey, I just wore this number more recently. Which, for me as the former player, I get it. Well, yeah, I mean, social How media the guy, though, makes like, mountain out of molehills. Coming up and coming in and, like, that's his number. He wore. I'm sure he was, you know, some badass in college as well. Um, and, you know, and he, not just our guy in particular, but that guy. I don't know. I just, I, it was funny. I yeah. thought it was kind of funny. And I like Shelby Harris. Okay, so um, expectations for this team this season. Well, you know, I think that for the fans, I think for the city of Denver with the addition of Russell Wilson, the expectations are probably the highest they've been since Peyton Manning was on this team. No, not probably. Every every year. It's more than that now because we did it with Peyton. Yes. Well, every year since Peyton retired, everyone's like, okay, hey, look, the Broncos have a legitimate defense. All they need is somebody who can manage the offense, right? Because that's what we saw in Super Bowl 50. We saw Peyton Manning manage the game effectively and the defense played stifling, but you can't maintain that 
for years. And I think that was kind of the solution that Denver tried to get. They tried to go out there and improve the quarterback play. And obviously Case Keenum was an interesting move there. We, you know, there was a time in Del Valley, and I remember this, the defense couldn't do anything against him. He was just lighting them up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Case Keenum's in it. He know. didn't throw a pick forever at training camp. Yeah, it, was like, it was like a, almost a month yeah, he didn't before throw a he threw like an interception. For, for, he threw his first interception against Justin Simmons, though, which was obviously a great thing. But I think like in this AFC West, it, it is a tough division top to bottom. I mean, from the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos, each team got significantly better. The Raiders have questions because a brand-new head coach, just like the Broncos, a new regime in the way that they want to do things. But obviously the acquisition of Devontae Adams is going to be game-changing, especially in that offense. And the Broncos have struggled <laughs> against Derek Carr for years with uh, how, how good he is at yeah. the quick passing game. The Chargers made some pretty nice moves, just quieter moves than the Broncos yeah. and Josh McDaniels and Devontae and um, that Chiefs draft and the kind of the uh, as Tyreek Hill gets moved, kind of playing in that a little bit. So, um, I mean, it's crazy to ask you this right now, but we'll, then we'll have a sense of what you think about this team. Do you have a March 18th prediction for this team? A record, you know? Give ah, me, records right. are tough, but I mean, that's second No half. one will hold you to anything, and the, it can change, but yeah. how do you view this team right now through the lens of a what and what record? I think the first half of the schedule, if the Broncos can come off to a hard start, and, I, and I've always encouraged Broncos country to understand this. Look, this is a brand-new offense, brand-new quarterback, brand-new head coach, I want them to think back to 2012. Remember Peyton Manning's start in Denver? It didn't get off to the hottest two start. and three. They struggled. They were and they two were, and three. And they were a 24 nothing <laughs> halftime deficit away from being two and four. And then they point. reeled off eight straight and yeah. took control. And Bam. that, you know, again, that I think that team was, I think that team was the best. I can't say the best team of the Peyton era, but team that should have won. <laughs> Definitely a team that should have won, but like the team that man, they were still throwing so many looks and fits that no one had really kind of seen from them yet. That we, you know, we said it a million times on the show about winning a Super Bowl. There's always one survival game yeah. where it's just like you literally have to survive the game, and it almost will empower you or propel you a little bit and make you start to feel like, well, maybe you are a team of destiny type of stuff. And, and instead, the Ravens took that yeah. all away from the Broncos. <laughs> but, you know, that season was just so magical. And then, the, obviously, the next year was 55 touchdowns, 5,500 yards. Um, you know, twenty, uh, you know, 2014 was the year that was kind of the, the waste. What they should have done was, where the mistake was there, and this is crazy to be talking about this now, but after John Fox had progressively built this team, you know, bigger and better, um, even after that Super Bowl loss, they should, at that point, maybe have moved on from John because... Um, then 2014 would have been for something. Say they bring Kubiak in there. Then I mean, Kubiak's situation was, you know, 15 when he come here. When, when he came here, it was, the timing of it was all kind of just right. But you know, you can go back and look at you know 96 Jaguars. There's a lot yeah. of teams. Uh, but what they could have done 2005 Broncos. You said something that was interesting. We just got a couple minutes left, and you got stuff to do. I'll let you go. But we'd love to have you on throughout the season. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to be here doing stuff. Um, everyone's going to be kind of pulling at you and tugging from you. But know that no one listens to those shows like they do this show. Like the numbers on this show are just through the roof. Listen, so like the fan, they got that morning show solidified with Stink. Okay, and then like Dmac's been there forever in the afternoon. And then you're Palnick Ferguson and Cecil do the fantasy stuff. What they can't seem to quit to get right is that nine to eleven. They got Sandy. They're shuffling the deck. They're putting throwing former players. I wonder why. 
Cody. And actually, I know why. You're looking at him, and he's right there, too. These guys right here, Cody. Okay, so when we add a beefcake former football player like you into the mix, we're kind of unstoppable. We should probably start some kind of band, even, and go on the road because we're just kind of put together. So, Cody, man, appreciate it. Talk about – give me your social before we let you go, um, all your social stuff, where we can find anything you're working on. Talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, and also check out all the amazing written content that we're doing here, not only just Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, MileHighSports.com. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of great stuff coming down. And also stay tuned for some really exciting video stuff that we're going to be doing. Okay, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. Uh, did you ever give me that prediction for the Broncos, the number? Are you not willing to do so? Or I'm not what a predictions you... guy yet. I got to see. Okay. So once we get, like, let's go to training camp. And then at training okay, camp, I'm gonna, I can I'm gonna say this. Numbers. Say that Vegas had a number of 10 and a half. Just me saying that. Would you be leaning one way or the other based Ooh. off of that? I could say you could lean the the over or the under on that. Okay. I, I like 10. I think that's a good number for them, especially in this division. It's going to be a very defining stretch okay. in that second half. So, hey, okay. they have it. Cody, man, welcome to the team. Appreciate it. Uh, good luck with stuff, and let us know if you need anything. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, buddy. 303-831-1340, uh, hotline, text line, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3. Watch us at the website, Smiley Sports. You